Welcome to Still Creative. My name is Eric Averitz, and I work at Fusion Alliance, where one of our company values is creativity. I want to thank Fusion for their support of Still Creative, where we get to explore the thread from individual creativity through innovation at the organization level, and also discuss the connection to the underlying condition of stillness. My guest today is Donald Anderson. Donald is the Senior Director of Software Quality Assurance and Application Security at One America. I met Donald several years ago when he was with Interactive Intelligence, which became Genesis. Donald was there for over eight years and earned increasing responsibility from engineer to manager to director. We had a really interesting conversation, and a few highlights for me included the discussion we had about Donald seeing problems and opportunities from both the micro and macro view. He talks about leading with trust, and he also talks about this interesting combination of discipline and creativity and how one supports the other. Again, it was a really interesting conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. All right. Well, Donald, thank you for joining me. Thank you. It's a pleasure, Eric. We met several years ago, and I was thinking back to over the years as I've reached out to you in my sales role. It often hasn't made sense for us to meet, but I've appreciated that you replied and gave me context on why. And one of the reasons I appreciate it is it really helped us stay connected over the years. And so when I reached out to you about being a guest here on Still Creative, it was when I mentioned creativity, you had really a, an immediate reaction uh, to that in terms of your, your personal experience and as you described, seeing things differently. Can you tell me what you meant by that? By seeing things differently, I think I just, um, I, and I don't know if I can attribute it to um, my military background and when I was in the Navy, getting, you know, technical training in the Navy and just having a holistic systems thinking approach to seeing, because I had to understand like everything on the ships that were all interconnected and working together and really uh, being able to troubleshoot everything from end to end. So now when I see things, even though I've got a, a, a software development background, which gets is very so when I went to school and got that education, it's very um, micro focused. But going into it, I was always macro, you know, big picture, holistic systems thinking. So, so now when I see things, I understand the micro, but I look at it through a macro lens. Okay, and so. Just being creative, it lights me up because, like, I see so many people get stuck down and they get stuck in the the micro of everything, every line of code. And I think more more macro. Okay. And okay. so just the creativity comes from having that holistic systems thinking, but also being able to dive down into the actual code and seeing how seeing how everything is interconnected. Excellent. So that's that's where I come from and that's that's my outlook on things and so uh 
I approach things a little bit differently. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for your service in the Navy, <laughs> first of all, as well. And in terms of the micro versus macro, that's interesting. When we talked in advance, I was thinking in terms of your window to the world. Mm-hmm. That's a, a term that, that I use. And so your, your window includes seeing things from a macro view, which is, which is interesting. So systems thinking, going back through your, your education, if, if you look back to even when you, were, when you were a kid, can you see elements of creativity uh, that you had even then? Or was it more developed over time? Yeah, I think it's hard. It's really hard to tell. I do know that um, I feel very comfortable sharing my ideas with others because I lead with trust and I lead with respect and I respect, I always listen and I try to use discernment when I'm listening to others' ideas. So I feel very comfortable sharing my own ideas and I don't mind thinking outside of the box, way outside of the box. Like people, everyone else is kind of more stuck in inertia and I just come from, le- I don't mind coming from left field and just saying, well, have we thought about this? And so I do think that um, being raised with those values of always respecting others and always And I lead with trust by default. So I'm very trusting around others. And, um, but as far as like where, again, where the ideas come from, I, I've just, I think that macro view, like we talked about earlier, I always default to the macro view, but it, it definitely helps having the education of the micro. Yes. Like seeing hundreds of lines of code every day, doing pull requests and committing code and merging code into merging feature branches into main and really looking through the code, getting micro, but defaulting to the macro. Great, great stuff. That's great stuff. That's really, really interesting. And on the micro versus macro and on the creativity side, and what I what I heard was that that elements like your your values and trusting people mm-hmm. are contributing to you being being creative. And mm-hmm. the other thing that jumped out at me was this element of not being afraid to come from left field and throw ideas out there. You know, linking to the name still creative, to me that's that's stillness, that's being comfortable mm-hmm. and having that stillness, that comfort, as you described, and throwing out ideas mm-hmm. and having people listen to them because of who you are as a person, how you treat them. Mm-hmm. I, I see that all coming exactly. together nicely. So that's great. Mm-hmm. One of the things I learned about you as we talked about today was, and I'm changing subjects a little bit here, sure. um, but I wanted to talk about you being an advocate for youth. Oh, yeah. As you shared with me, can you tell us a little bit more about that? I'm very passionate about that. So, uh, unfortunately, COVID kind of threw a wrench in that. But I, I truly believe like that's my life's purpose, and I can't wait until all of this pandemic stuff subsides so that I can get back to it. But I was visiting high school classrooms and talking to computer science students. And even virtually over Zoom or whatever, this past uh, 
this past summer, IPS. So, okay, so Indiana, uh, now they just mandated computer science's core curriculum. Finally. Yes. So they're offering computer science at every school now. Finally. Great. Like how, okay, so... So all this, all the teachers are trying to get up to speed on how to teach. A lot of them don't have a computer science background. So, so IUPUI, uh, informa- uh, School of Informatics, uh, has a program that is teaching the teaching the teachers, right? Train the trainer, teaching the teachers, training them on how to teach the students on computer science. I love I love it. I I I spoke to all the teachers and I go to these uh these high school classrooms and talk to the kids and advocate STEM. Look, look into it, look into tech. The demand is there. The demand is supply and demand curve is ridiculous. Yes. So so look into it because I never would have thought. I never would have guessed that I would love tech as much as I do. Um, So I advocated to kids, give it a chance. You know, I'm sure, you know, everyone wants to be a singer or a a ball player or whatever. But, like, you know, when it comes down to actually looking for something that you can be passionate about and you can help your community and everything else, Look into tech, because yeah, you can't you can't go wrong. Yes, yes, that that's amazing. And one of the I want to get this right. The I do I learned about through our mm-hmm. conversation. So informatics diversity enhanced workforce. Yes, I learned about that. Mm-hmm. Now, as thinking about the work you're doing there, and clearly you're you're passionate about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the word presence comes to my mind, and you know, I'm sure that those students remember what they hear from you mm-hmm. but i want to emphasize you know my feeling is that they they remember how they felt mm. being in the room with you and mm-hmm. hearing what you have to share and seeing the passion that you have for it so uh so that's that's amazing that you're doing that uh, that work yeah thank you yeah the i do uh program is amazing um you know this the school of informatics and uh, and Vicky Doherty, and and James, and everyone that works in that whole organization, Tina Rice, they're all doing great work in this community, and um, I just have the utmost respect for them, and the kids. I can't believe it, Eric. I'm telling you, like the first time I talked to a, a classroom, all the kids stood up. And there was like a standing ovation. Cause I'm like, look, I'm from what I'm from the west side over here. I'm from 30th in the river. I'm from right up the street. And now I'm like a director at Genesis. And I, you know, like I lead a team of a dozen engineers, and we do all these cool things. So they they compete in uh like it's like a science fair. But I was a judge. I've been a judge. Uh, I don't know, two or three years. I was just a judge at the uh, Indiana State House too, for uh, oh, what is it? Next Tech or Next? Yeah, I think it's Next Tech, uh, the organization that works with children. But I was a judge at their competition too. But 
Um, when I talk to these students, it's like I got a standing ovation. And I was just like, I didn't expect that, but I was just expressing how I felt. Like, keep doing this because they develop chatbots and they develop, uh, you know, websites and interactive mobile apps. And these are like high school students. And when I see what they're doing, and I'm talking to engineers all day. So when I see what they're doing, I'm like, we need people like you. Yes. We need ingenuity. We need innovation. We need creative thinking. This is what we need. Tell me how you develop this chatbot. Because my engineers at Genesis, we developed a chatbot that could deploy VMs to the cloud. Like, you, you just give it a command. <laughs> It'll deploy, you know, virtual machines or containers to the cloud. And it's... So when I see these kids, and they're simple, you know, those chatbots are very simple in their nature, but you're headed in the right direction. So, yeah, I just like encouraging the kids. That's great. You're inspiring them. You're encouraging them. And nothing like a round of applause as evidence of how you're making people feel. So that's good. I'm sure it felt great for you. Completely unexpected. (laughs) I was just like, wow. Yes, great, great stuff. So another interesting thing that, that you brought up uh, with me in advance was, and I think it was interesting in part because it's unexpected, if you will, but it was this combination of creativity on one hand and being pragmatic and disciplined on the other. So things that are unexpected are sometimes really interesting for that reason. So can you talk about that, that combination or more on the being disciplined and pragmatic side and how that supports creativity? I, I I like the way you just put that. Being pragmatic and disciplined supports creativity because you understand when you approach creativity, I feel like some people are afraid to get creative because of how much work is behind it. It's hard work. Very hard work. And But I don't default to thinking about how difficult the problem is to solve, I think about the feasibility. Is it technically feasible? Then we can do it. But you need that discipline, right? So the pragmatism comes from the understanding of, is it technically feasible? Okay, it's technically feasible. Where a lot of people shy away and I feel like it keeps them from getting creative is because how much actual work comes behind that. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of work, and it's not easy. If we could automate, if automation was so easy, every everyone would do it, right? <laughs> I mean, we'd all automate ourselves out of a job or whatever, but it's not easy. But if it's technically feasible, then we have to do that. So you talked about pra- pragmatism. And it's, it's really all about technical feasibility and being practical about estimating the level of effort and planning for it and allocating enough engineering resources to tackle that problem and then leading it. Because yes. a lot of people don't want to lead it. They don't. 
(laughs) They don't because it's difficult. You got to get down into the the soup and the nuts, and you have to get down into, hey, if this API needs to talk, let's say we've got Salesforce and we needed to talk to Azure. Who knows? Whatever, right? Right. They're APIs. So you have to get down into the JSON. You have to get down into the JavaScript. And you have to look at the keys and the values and, you know, key value pairs and how these APIs are going to work with one another. That's a lot of work. Yes, yes. And another example of macro versus micro and right. being able to get into the into the micro. And exactly. so, okay, interesting. So that combination of discipline and creativity. And I, as I look at your experience, I see lots of examples of, of discipline, including certifications. And so mm-hmm. your certifications include Lean Six Sigma, Greenbelt, Certified Agile Scrum Master, mm-hmm. Certified Scrum Product Owner, Cisco Network Associate, you have Azure and AWS certification. Mm-hmm. So for those who are unfamiliar with those certifications, and I'm, I'm jumping from a little bit from creativity to innovation at the organization level, but for those unfamiliar with those certifications, how would you say those help you be an innovative leader? Well, having the knowledge, and that's the whole thing, is that when you when you actually understand the internet and you understand cloud, you understand the cloud. You understand how the internet works, you understand the cloud and how all of this is running in the background, then you begin to, and I've talked to you about this before, Eric, then you begin to understand that there is no spoon. And that's that's that that's that reference back to the Matrix, the movie, with the little kid. I think he was Buddhist or something. Like, I went and he looked like that, a monk, right? I went and watched that clip because I wasn't familiar with it, but I I have seen it now. Yeah, so now he's, he's been in the spoon, and and Neo's looking at him, and they're in the waiting room waiting on the or- to go see the Oracle, and he's like, he's like, you know, the thing you have to understand is it's not about the spoon. And how to bend the spoon is that there is no spoon. And it's software. And once you have the underlying education that you understand, it's very malleable. It's very flexible. It's software. So, like, we can... It, it, there are rules, obviously, just like with math. There's orders of operations and there's all these other... But um, that's what helped me. So you have you have to have the education just to understand what it's capable of. So so those certifications and everything else help me understand how the internet works, how software works, and then what are the rules? If there is no spoon, well there's obviously some rules. You can't break everything. But where can you bend and flex? Interesting. Interesting. Okay. And as we start to wrap up here, from the standpoint of those who are familiar with those certifications, is there mm-hmm. anything that you would add if I want to be a better leader of digital transformation within my organization? Anything more you would add from in terms of those individuals? I would definitely say just pay attention to the Internet of Things. Pay attention to 
learn more about APIs, and those are application programming interfaces, and how to interconnect all of these systems and trade data, right? And I'm not talking about ETL, which is extract, transform, and load data from one system to another, real-time API integration. I'm a full, a fully bi-directional mesh of services via APIs. Like, just look into it. Like, you can watch a you can watch a YouTube video. What are APIs? And it'll explain it to you. But that's how that's how everything's powered. Um, I would learn about those before I would try to go get any certification. Um, but then, yeah, any. Azure or AWS certification, even the foundation is really is really a good after once you understand APIs, then that that's a really good way to go. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, I can I can see how as I look at your career, I see how you've been able to to build great relationships and among the things that come from those great relationships are people hearing the ideas that you you bring to the table. So it's been really interesting to talk with you. So I want to say thank you also for your great work that you're doing in the community and for sharing your gifts and sharing your time with me today. Thank Donald, you. I appreciate Eric. it. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me.